Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And as Matt correctly noted moments ago, it's an intense time of year for this podcast. It is. It is. And let me do this quick, uh, quick shout out to my mom, who always listens to the very beginning of the podcast, if only to hear Ben say, hey, you found us. It's your favorite part. Don't know if you know that, but I'm telling you now. I did not. And I'm glad someone did find us. There you go. Yes, she she enjoys it, and sometimes she only listens to the first thirty seconds. But nonetheless, when she listens to this one, she'll hear this. Well, that's terrific. So yes, but back to the matter at hand. Uh, big big time in the sports calendar for Arizona State. We're going to mix it up. You know, you would expect us to talk about football and the UCLA game, Senior Day, also yep. known as Nikhil Harry's likely last home game. Yeah. Um, but we're going to start with Bobby Effing Hurley and the ASU Sun Devil basketball team. That's right. The Sun Devils, with their new super athletic look, beat Cal State Fullerton in double overtime, 102-94. The lockdown defense disappeared <laughs> in the second quarter where they allowed 52 yeah. points, reappeared in overtime, the second yeah. overtime. When, yeah. you know, trailing by four in the first overtime to the end of the game, a pretty solid showing. Overall. Yeah, 14 nothing run over the course of, of, you know, the end of the first overtime into the second overtime that, you know, obviously sealed the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's survival, you know, and that's all it is. Um, now, I'll say this, you know, my mentality might be affected a bit by a, a weird fact here is that I was watching ESPN last night and and they put on the bottom that Fullerton had won 81-79, that it was a final and I thought, oh my gosh, we lost and, and yeah. so I go to check and Howler's still tweeting about the game, but it's still going and I'm like, wait a minute I, I was over and I see that it wasn't actually final and so then to win was like, you know, this, this gift because for about you know, 60 seconds I'm thinking well Yes, we started 0-1, you know, you start to rationalize, you start to, you know, think about, okay, you know, I'm not going to panic, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it turns out we won anyway, so that was a nice bonus. Yeah, a similar thing happened on Twitter. John Rothstein, who is a prolific (laughs) tweeter, uh, tweeted that ASU had lost to Fullerton. I wonder if he was following the ESPN uh, or, uh, or, if, or if maybe the live stats were given at that because, yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, what, what happened there. But, yeah, nice, nice little uh, stay of execution, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, that, that uh, you know, we, we didn't actually lose. We got tested, and I figured we would. You know, I did not think Fullerton was, was going to roll over and play dead for us. Um, I was hoping we'd win a little more comfortably than we did, but – a win is a win, and, and you know when you find a way to survive, that's all you can ask. Now we're talking about a fifty-minute game, so keep in mind these stats are a little yeah. misleading. But yeah, the the starting five, only one player was available to start game one last year. That was right. Lamelo White. Lawrence right. was on the team; he's now in the starting rotation. Yeah, uh, but he was hurt. Cheatham. Edwards and Dort. Uh, Edwards, by the way, led the team with 41 minutes played. Um, Also, 
I, I'm going to jump to just bullet points and, and maybe there'll be a through line. Maybe there won't be. Sure. My, my immediate thought is the free throw shooting is poor and, yeah. and it's buoyed at least by the fact that at the end of the game, assuming he avoids foul trouble, Edwards is going to be the guy. Edwards right. went four right. for four. Lawrence went five of six. Cheatham and Dort both seven of 13. Remy Martin yeah. playing hurt. Did play 31 right. minutes, only two of four from the line, O of three from three. Yeah, um, yeah. Some some misses late, too. I mean, Dort missed two in the overtime, which led to the big play by Lawrence getting the offensive rebound. Um, and Martin missed two in the second overtime when we were up by, I believe, seven, and he misses two, and they go down and score, and, it, you know, it made a little nervous at the end there. Um so, yeah, you know, disappointing overall numbers there. Uh, that's certainly got to get better. You cannot give away that many points. A couple other things of note. The rotation, uh, obviously a lot to still shake out. But sure. White, 35 minutes. Cheatham, 34 minutes. Lawrence, 36. Edwards, as we said, led the team with 41. Dort, right. 36. Martin, 31. The, and, and what did Cheatham have? Did you did you say him? Cheatham thirty four minutes. Then he fouled out. I know, so he didn't play the the entire you know overtimes. Um, yeah, it was it was basically a six man rotation. It seemed like for the latter part of the second half. Although Lake got some time too. So yeah, seven. Cherry um, and Cherry and Lake each played fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, Cherry yeah, I, looked like a freshman. Five rebounds, yeah. one of three. Every shot attempt was from three point land. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and, and and they did note on the radio broad because I listened to the overtimes on radio and and they noted that Cherry really hadn't seen the court much and Mickey Mitchell didn't see the court I think at all in the second half. Now I know he's coming back from from injury and uh, so they're probably taking it a little slow with him. Uh, you know, Howler was was Howler tweeted out that he had an impact in the first half coming off the bench, so it's not like he played poorly. Five, uh, but five minutes grabbed a board. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, so. It, yeah, you're exactly right. Though it, it's still got to shake out. We've had, we've had, you know, so many different guys battling injuries preseason that I think, um, you know, it, it hasn't been determined yet, and it, and it really shouldn't be, no matter what, on on game number one. But certainly, when you have, you know, Martin missing time, Mitchell missing time, Cherry missing time, um, you know, Romello White, I think, has missed a couple times, you know, so. So it's it's going to take a while to get the chemistry down and figure out how you want your rotations to go, and you know probably by the time you're in town for the, the Kansas game, you hope that you know we're not talking about this anymore. That we've got our you know eight to ten man rotation. We know who's going to play, how much, and and going from there. But it, you know there's time to work out those kinks. Here are the other two stats that jumped out at me. Three-point field goals, 10 of 26. So not, not, bad. not bad considering where no. uh, where I was mentally preparing for us to go. Right. Right. Um, Lawrence, three for six, including on back-to-back trips in the first half. Right. Uh, Edwards, two of five. Dort, three of seven. Cheatham, one of two. Cherry, one for three. Remy Martin, as we said before, 0 oh for three. Yeah. Um, Free throw percentage, 26 of 44, under 60%, not good. Right. But the thing, and it happened on missed free throws as well, but the stat that jumped out to me that I thought was crazy, 
20 offensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah, rebounding edge just overall, and certainly that was a was a big number. And and you know, with a team that is uh, got a lot more size than what we had last year, and really what we've had, you know, almost every year that you and I have followed ASU basketball, we've we've never really been a a particularly big team. This team, you know, probably just the depth of it has the most size of any team we've followed here in, you know, 15 seasons now. Um, you would expect that. And, and so that was good to see. And hopefully that is something that will continue because that'll that'll take care of a lot of your ills. Uh, you know, it really will. I mean, if you, if you miss some free throws, if you're not a great outside shooting team, you know, you, being able to rebound the ball can, can mask some of those problems. The, the other thing about this is it wasn't like, you know, our freshman year where it was Ike and Serge right. and that was it. You, you had five rebounds for Cherry, six for White, Lawrence, and Edwards, five also for Martin, and then nine apiece for Lake, Dort, and Cheatham. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it, everybody crashing the, the board. Depth is there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't. I mean, we've had, like I said, we've had teams where we've had you know a seven footer or even two, um, but we've never had a team that had this many guys that are you know six five, six six or taller, and and the ability to have you know a lineup where you can play everybody that's that's that big. Um, you know, is is going to help, hopefully. You know, I mean, that's that's uh, should be an, an advantage for us a lot of times this year, or at least we can play to a draw with teams that in the past we've not been able to when it comes to their size and versatility. One thing to, to note, because we're not playing with three guards at a time, <clears throat> really at all, no. um, the assist numbers are way down from one game. Now, I know we're, yeah. re- we're reading a lot into one game, but 33 sure. made field goals, only 11 assists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not how you hope. And, you know, it was it was a weird game from what I heard of it and, and read about it that, you know, the first half was very ugly offensively. I think, it, you know, we missed our first, what, double-digit number of shots, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't, didn't score until deep into the game. First half was kind of ugly, slow pace. Neither team, you know. And then the second half, both teams got their offense going. You know, as as we got our offense going, our defense suffered a bit, um, and and so it's a hard game to assess because it was kind of two games in one um, in the way it was played. It wasn't an up and down shootout, but it it wasn't a defensive slugfest either. Uh, and and so yeah, I mean you 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 expect those to get better. I mean certainly. You want to move the ball better. You want to you want to be able to run more, and and with that will come assists. If you're getting out on the break and you know creating easy shots, hopefully. Um, but you know, I'll go back to the point. Just we're still working out chemistry. We got a lot of new guys and and a team that hasn't really been able to practice together that much because of injuries. And so that can probably play into that too. You just you know guys don't know each other well enough yet, and hopefully. You know, we're relatively healthy now. We don't have anybody missing time due to injury. I guess, I don't think, did Scheibel play last night? No Scheibel, no Plavsic, which I yeah. think, you know, that might be... That's a, probably expected, yeah. yeah. That might yeah. be and, the regular... And and Scheibel, I don't know how much of a part of the rotation he was going to be anyway. Yeah. I know he's Voutman, been injured too. Voutman snuck in for two minutes. Right, 
Right. So, I mean, it, you know, yeah, I don't think in, in the key pieces, it seems like everybody is at least back, maybe not 100% yet, but playing. And so you've got that opportunity now, hopefully, you can keep guys healthy to build that chemistry uh, through practices and games. I mean, you know, we're obviously we're into the season now. You're not going to have, uh, you know, 10 days without a game anymore. But, you know, you got to just figure it out on the fly here. And, and we've got a, you know, Got a game on Friday night against McNeese State. Hopefully, that's a game you can you know use to work out some kinks. We got Long Beach at home. Uh, you know, again, this is this is the opportunity before, as we discussed last week. You know, right around Thanksgiving, the schedule starts to get pretty tough, and there isn't a lot of let up until you know, really, I mean, until the, April. The rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, because it, it stays heavy through the non-conference, and then. You know, it's not like we're good enough to say, well, once we get into conference play, you know, this will just be a breeze. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, pretty much from that, that tournament we play in Vegas, Thanksgiving week, there's not a ton of let up. There's a few games, sir. You know, I mean, we got, a, we got a few cupcakes mixed in there, but there's not a stretch of, you know, three weeks where we're just going to be able to coast. So this is the time to, to do it over the next couple of weeks. One last thing before we go flip over to football. The defense did lock down for extended periods, as we said. They forced 17 turnovers. The flip side of that, ASU committed 17 turnovers. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the way it was spread around was not good. So Martin, 31 minutes, three assists, no turnovers. The bad, the bad culprit is Daquan Lake, who 15 yeah. minutes, five turnovers. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. No, he, I mean, uh, his stat line, he filled up the stat sheet. He had <laughs> he was four of five from the field, one of two from the line, nine boards, five of those offensive, two blocks, four fouls, five turnovers in 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> little good, little bad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some of, those, some of those numbers are exactly what you expect from him, the rebounds, the block shots, the the high shooting percentage, most of his shots are going to come, you know, very close to the basket, if not dunks. Uh, so he should be the guy who probably shoots the best percentage of anybody on this team. Um, but yeah, the, the turnovers and the fouls, not ideal. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, I guess probably the, the result of that, that I'd probably take out of that the most is he probably should have the ball in his hands enough to commit five turnovers. Um, you know, he's not a focal point of the offense. And, and so, uh, that's something that I don't know how they happened. I could see the game, but yeah, that's, that's a situation that I'd rather not have him have the ball that much unless he's, you know, right around the rim and putting back dunks. I mean, he had, he had an average of a turnover every three minutes. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, four or five shooting is good. Nine rebounds is good. Um, you know, can't can't complain about that. And certainly, his shot blocking is going to be important on this team. He's really our our only true shot blocker. Um, Romello White's not not really a you know shot block type of guy unless he's unless he's improved on that a lot. He certainly was not last year. So well, and um, he the, the thing that is going to become clear, I think, now that you see a team with true size, mm-hmm. is the height <laughs> we've listed Romello White at is not how tall he is. He, no, I agree. He will now, I think, I, I, he's he's going to have a better career than the guy I'm going to compare him to. But I think you will see that he is better suited for the kind of skill set Ob Oleka had. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And now he can be that guy. 
he doesn't have to be the only big who the has to do playing, everything. Playing center, essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, he's not he's not that big, and he's just, uh, you know, certain guys, It's, it's uh, shot blocking to me is really an instinctual thing. You watch guys, some guys just know how to put themselves in position. And I remember watching him a few times last year, a couple games that I went to in person, and, and he just doesn't have it. You know, you could just tell. Unless, like I said, unless it's something that he's really worked on in the offseason, but he is not. He doesn't read the play um, like a shot blocker should, and Lynn Lake does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, he'll he'll have games where he'll probably have five or six blocks, I would think. And um, but yeah, five turnovers probably means he's got the ball in his hands too much offensively, and he really shouldn't. Like Dequan Lake's offensive touches should probably be limited to the the you know charge circle around the basket that he's he's catching you know rebounds or easy passes inside for dunks or layups. I think as the rotation shakes out, you will see more time for Mitchell. Yeah, more, I agree. A, a little more time for Cherry, and then a proportionally, you know, like shaving. Uh, Cherry, I think, will get to twenty minutes a game. Mitchell, I think, will get to twelve minutes a game. Yeah, a- and I think you'll see the commensurate twelve minutes of time added getting shaved off. Just evenly across Cheatham, Lawrence, sure. and Dort. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, it's as you said, it's hard to really look at the minute numbers because it was a fifty-minute game, and so the dispersal. If the game ends in regulation, you know, a lot of those guys have I mean, because because we basically played the same five or six, I believe, for the overtimes. Um, you know, I don't think Lake or Cherry or Mitchell plays. So if the game ends in regulation, you're looking at some of these guys that played in the twenties instead of the 30s, you know, 30s instead of 40s. Um, and that's a little bit more even dispersal. So, yeah, it, you know, it'll be interesting. And, and then, you know, again, you hope that, like, McNeese State, for example, is a game that nobody has to play more than maybe, you know, 25 minutes. Hope you can spread the minutes around, even get some guys in that didn't play much or didn't play at all. Um, but, yeah, you know, it'll it'll be interesting. There's probably a guy or two that we're thinking is going to be part of the rotation that ultimately will not be. That tends to happen. I don't know who that'll be yet, but, you know, it'll, it'll bear itself out probably by January. Yeah. I'll say this. My inclination is if it, if it feels to Cherry like it's going to be him, he'll just leave. And, yeah, and, yeah. And the I, same for Dort. Uh, they came in too and highly I don't think regarded. Dort. I mean, Dort was was big time last night, and you get the feeling he's going to be, you know, a big time player all year and need to be. But you do wonder with with Cherry what's what's going on. Uh, I mean, given the given the hype, um, but now apparently an off season injury, and maybe that's all it is. But yeah, you 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 know, if you're looking at the storm clouds on the horizon. Cherry's the one that looks like there might be some storm clouds on it. Like, you know, is it going to work out the way it's supposed to? It's only one game, and maybe it will. I certainly hope it does. But, you know, what we've heard preseason, and in fact, he didn't play much last night, you just start to wonder. Because, you know, in basketball, guys don't wait a long time. Mm-hmm. They don't They don't sit on the bench for two years waiting their turn. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he's he's the name that I'd probably keep an eye on if you're wondering, you know, who might fall out of it, who might end up taking off if he does. Yeah, you know, because it also feels like just from the reporting and stuff that I've seen, like 
Valton and, and Plavsic. I don't. Yeah. That is not how you say his name. I have no idea how you say. <laughs> you his got name. me. I don't know either. But yeah. yeah. He is. Th- those guys seem to come in knowing that it was going to be a multi-year sure. project to sure. be a Pac-12 caliber rotation guy. Right. Right. Um, but that was not the report on Cherry. He had no. a USC offer and our offer. Yeah. And, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, he was a pretty highly regarded recruit. Now he is coming off an injury that has been shrouded in mystery. You know, sounds like he he got injured over the summer, and so it, it I guess was was a fairly significant injury. We're not talking about a you know a hamstring pull or something like that. Um, and so you know he might not be in the best of shape right now either. If he's been injured, probably not in game shape. So you know we'll see. We'll see, but yeah, I, I think if there was a if there was a name to come out of last night that you probably you know your alarm bells go off, and you think is he going to be the guy that kind of slips off the radar? He's the one. Now it's only one game. Maybe you yeah, know, I was going to say by the end of this, November, uh, this concludes Ben and Matt's uh, small sample size theater. And exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, hey, everybody has handed the national championship to Duke. They were incredible last night, but it's only one game. Let's let's all just relax. It's November. Things tend to change by even the end of December, much less uh, the end of March, early April. So now let's go to where our bread is buttered. ASU football. Yep. Senior day at home, taking on the two and seven UCLA Bruins, who are two and four, and I believe, like everyone else in the South, control their destiny. To some extent, well, they, they, yeah, they don't <laughs> no, completely. Uh, the, they the in Colorado are, the, are the are basically the only two that don't. Correct. Well, the, and and the one team that that completely does is Arizona State. Mm-hmm. They are the only team that can win out and needs zero help uh, because we've got the win on Utah. We've got the win on USC. Obviously, we play Arizona, and so the you know and we're the ahead of Colorado. Three losses. We're ahead of Colorado, exactly. So, you know, we are the team um, in the South that needs no help right now. Uh, now, you know, we could still win it with a loss, but we need help, obviously, there, like we talked about. So, um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good spot to be in. Um, and this is the most manageable of the remaining three games, certainly the last one at home. And by record, and I think by the eye test, too, the worst opponent, uh, and so you got to take care of business in this one. You know, this is this is not a, you know, it's it's a tricky one because you come off a, a couple of you know emotional wins last week. You know, you beat a top fifteen team. You're feeling good about yourself, and now you're playing this you know new kick. And I've you know seen this script before, so you you got to go out and continue the positive momentum. Hopefully, you know I know Herm said it this week, and he's right. Last time we won two in a row was this first two and everybody's telling us how great we were and we didn't we didn't answer the bell very well and so hopefully they've learned their lesson from that yeah and look there if you can't get up for a conference game then you should be able to get up for most of these guys against ucla because a lot of them are from the southern california area area. and if you can't get up for that Get up for senior day. And if you can't get up True. for that, get up for the fact that you're bowl eligible with a win. Yeah, oh yeah. There's plenty on the line and, and you know you have to you have to keep winning um, in order to, you know, to not only make a bowl but but perhaps make the Pac twelve title game, even though that's 
crazy to say. Um, but you know what? Every team in this division is still alive. I mean, there's no there's no better illustration of the Pac-12 South than the fact that UCLA, as you said, two and seven, already bowl ineligible, but could make the Pac-12 championship game. Um, that that tells you all you need to know about this division and how it is this year. And wouldn't that be fun for the Pac-12 <laughs> powers that be? Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I mean, they, they still have to play not only this game, but USC, and then I think they finish with Cal. Uh, hard to see them, you know, winning even maybe one of those, much less all three or even two of the three. I, I know there's a crazy scenario where there could be a six-way tie at four and five. I don't expect that to happen, but I suppose it's possible. Um, a six-way tie at five and four is a little bit more reasonable, but still unlikely um you know so uh we'll we'll see i mean it'll it'll be wild um over the next three weeks next week looms very large for a lot of a lot of the division races you got some you know some big games there in both divisions for next week's but uh yeah just gotta gotta take care of business that's in front of you right now and and you're right senior day it seems early to have it it is early to have it but uh that's that's the schedule this year so you know always always kind of a, a cool moment to give these guys a good send-off hopefully it is the earliest of early kicks for the conference yeah. the one o'clock central 11 a.m west right. coast time kickoff yep yep um, yep as we as we look around before we make our picks here's what's happening in the rest of the conference here you know you have no south on south game except for us huh. okay yeah So Washington State travels to Colorado. Could put the nail in the coffin for the Buffaloes as far as winning the South. Yeah. Oregon travels to Utah. Tough place to play. Oregon's only 3-3 in conference, slipping from heights. Um, Right. Utah starting their backup quarterback with Huntley out for the year now. Yeah. But that student section's loud, and that altitude's real. defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if a team is built to weather losing their quarterback, it's probably Utah. They have a good running back. They have a good defense. They're not overly reliant on the quarterback position like some teams. Us, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not a team that was built to withstand an injury to our starting quarterback, as we talked about before the season and throughout it. Um, so, yeah, they, they certainly could. That's Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I mean, if Utah wins, then they they finish with Colorado, who you know looks looks beatable given what we're seeing, and they got a, a BYU to end the regular season, so they've only got two more conference games. Um, and USC, the same thing. They've got they've got uh, Cal this week, and then UCLA next week. So they can they can set the target. Either one of them get to six and three, which would of course require us to win out to beat either one of them. If you have rooting interest for ASU, you are rooting for the North. You want Cal yeah. over USC in the nightcap. You want Oregon over Utah in the afternoon. You want Washington State over Colorado. You just want Washington State if you're a fan of the conference because they are our last. Sure, part. sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're the they're the team that um, you know has faint playoff hopes and they're faint. Um, they need a, a fair amount of help over these next, you know, three weeks before the conference title games, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, as a as an ASU rooting interest, and if obviously, you know, you'd need a little bit more help. But 
I think probably realistically the best we're going to finish is five and four. I don't see us winning out. So we need Colorado to lose one more in order to not have a head to head problem with them. So yeah, Washington state beating Colorado is the one that I'd be most happy to see. Looking at the matchup for the sun devils, UCLA allowing 33 and a half points per game, only averaging 21 only averaging 362.8 yards of total offense, which in a Chip Kelly system in the Pac-12 is bonkers. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Not been a very good offense at all. They've played two quarterbacks the last few weeks, gone back and forth between Spate, who is, uh, you know, uh, a statue, and and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's a, you know, a runner. You got a fifth-year senior and a true freshman. They, they couldn't have different approaches, but they've been kind of rotating them back and forth, it seems like. Meanwhile, their defense uh, is allowing over 435 yards a game as well. Yeah. The, you know, the last two weeks at Oregon, they lost 42-21. Two weeks ago at home against UCLA, got blown out 41-10. to their, yeah. their conference wins, their only two wins on the year, came back-to-back in mid-October at Cal and then at home beating Arizona Arizona. 31-30. Right. Right. Yeah, they they showed a little life, you know, but right before that they had played Washington, you know, to the wire basically in, in, you know, in a game there, lost a close one, one, two in a row. So it looked like maybe they were getting something going. But, yeah, kind of come back to earth the last two weeks. Herm has a chance now to get to bowl eligibility. His – his season-long run of being a media darling continues. Um, oh, yeah. You know, this week being uh, the week of Pat Tillman's birthday, it's also the salute to service. Right. Uh, it's also, right. you know, th- there's a lot of opportunity for you to make an impression. And, sure. and if sure. they can win this game, I, I know the time slot is bad, but they have recruits coming in this weekend. Uh, yeah. Some targets, not just yeah. for this class, but for the next couple of years, which, you know, as we've talked about before, that's what the coaching staff has told us sure, they need sure. to set up for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I mean, it's, it, it has potential to be a, a still relatively special year. I mean, it, you know, I said this a few weeks ago, I think when we had three losses that, you know, OK, now at this point, you know, this year wasn't going to be anything memorable. Um, and that's still true in a way. However. I mean, let's say you get to that Pac-12 title game and you pull off a win. Well, then you're headed to a New Year's Six game, and that has a chance to be pretty memorable. Now, there's a lot of ifs in there, um, still several steps. But, you know, this this was, as we talked about, this was the honeymoon year for her. And, and he can buy himself a little bit more time if he has a good year. You know, that honeymoon doesn't last a tremendously long time. And if you, you know, lay a four and eight kind of season on us, it would have been like, well, okay, better start delivering very fast. Um, you know, hopefully with this week, you you can at least clinch bull eligibility and then keep going from there. Uh, again, things are there for you to make a run. Certainly after the Stanford game, if you had told me that, you know, 20, 21 days later or so, we'd be talking about, you know, having a chance to win the South. I'd have said no shot. But here we are. We've won two in a row. We've gotten all the help we needed. And now it's it's right there in front of us. When the Stanford game happened, I was in a panic. I, I know you were. I, I was I was at a loss for how our offense could look so inept and how yeah. our defense could keep us in games. 
And then, you know, we did enough defensively to save the USC game. Yeah. Then we had yeah. a, a just a solid second half to take out Utah last Saturday. I mean, the, the most complete performance of the year, I believe, against a, against a big time, or well, I shouldn't say big time, a legitimate opponent. I mean, certainly we looked better against UTSA and Oregon State, but you should. Um, but, you know, from, from every other game, that was a complete and solid performance. Offensively, defensively, special teams were solid. Yeah, you know, that, that was what you want. Um, and if we can keep up that level of play, then there's no reason that we can't win the last three. That's the big if, though. You know, can you can you bottle that up and keep it going? Was something found in the, in that gap between Stanford and USC? Did the light click on or not? You know, and, and we'll only know that over the next few weeks, but hopefully we can keep it up for at least one more week this time around. One thing to keep an eye on is with the four games to your red shirt uh, rule, yeah. you could see some new faces the next few weeks. Because yeah. yeah. if you played every game out, including the bowl, Right. You would still have eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is a, an opportunity to, to do that. Um, however, obviously, with something on the line, maybe you'll see less of that. I mean, if we were sitting at, at three and six, and I'm glad we're not, you know, that was that was certainly where you'd probably say, OK, you know, time to start getting some guys some, some playing time. You know, since you've got uh, still a, a chance to win your division and therefore win your conference, you might see less of that than you would otherwise. But that's okay. That's that's a good problem to have. I guess the one thing I would say as sort of, uh, not a rebuttal, but as just, there are a lot of talented freshmen who you heard about and they disappeared sure. and then all of a sudden you started seeing their names pop up in stories again in the last week. Sure, sure. Um, that's true. That's true. You know, so I'm not saying you're going to see all of a sudden new starters everywhere, but what no. I am saying is, you know, if there is a guy who they think down the line could be a really good defensive lineman, but right now he's got one pass rush sure. move, you might see that guy come in. Yeah, no, I agree, and and it's uh, it's a good idea. I mean, there's there's really not any benefit to not playing a guy. You know, I mean, unless unless the guy's injured or something like that, but there's not really any strategic benefit to having a true freshman who's got any sort of potential and not playing him you know playing him zero games or one game like there, there's no reason for it yeah um if you're gonna so, use yeah. the red shirt anyway there's no right. harm a- in taking advantage of the rule right. and playing i mean again. unless unless you think the guy is just physically not ready you know he hasn't been in you know he's a he's an 18 year old kid and and he's just going to be physically outmatched and you're putting him you're putting him at risk by putting him out there but other than that, like, I mean, you might as well. Um, but again, you know, coaches tend to go with what they know, especially this deep into the year. This is a different mentality for coaches, too. Even though Herm hasn't been around, all these assistants have in the college game. And, you know, now you've got something on the line in November. It's a different mentality to say, well, let's make sure we get these guys to play in time. Most often coaches are thinking, OK, by now we want to have our rotation, much like we were talking about with basketball. Where it's like, you know, now you want to know who's going in, who's going to play these snaps, how many snaps are, you know, are we going to disperse. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually happens if it happens. Not just with us, but anywhere. It's time for the pick. 
The spread, ASU's favored by nearly two touchdowns. It's their biggest spread in their favor all year. Um, All all conference season, I'm sorry. Uh, Bigger than Oregon State. I I believe so. I had had gone through and checked. Let me... I can't remember what the Oregon State one was, honestly. I thought the Oregon State one was only 13, and this is 13 and a half. Okay, okay. But, of course, I say that. You know what? If you uh, know and you're on – oh, nope, I take it back. It was it ended at it ended at 21. The line yeah, ended okay. at 21. For Oregon State, okay. Yeah, okay. so second I would have thought so. Second But, biggest. yeah, okay. All right. Um, here's where my problem is. Every week I've picked the week how I thought it would go. But the last two weeks I've picked losses and we've won. And I thought about that too because uh, yeah, I think I mean I know I picked picked us to lose to Utah, and I think I I can't remember what I did for USC. I might have had us winning that game. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna stick with uh, picking how I feel the game yeah, will go. Me too. So I I think ASU will win, and I think it'll be pretty comfortable, thirty-one to thirteen. Okay, I was I was gonna go. Uh, 45-21. Hopefully we're right. Hopefully yeah. it's a, hopefully it's a yeah. multi-score. You're comfortable yeah, I, by I mean, the... this should be a game that, that uh, you know, hopefully the offense, you know, looks looks like it did, you know, against Oregon State, where it's basically able to get whatever it wants. Um, run the ball, you know, with the success we've had. Continue to get Nikhil Harry the ball as much as possible. He's He's been a much bigger focal point, it seems like, the last two games and not... So coincidentally, the offenses look better the last two games, and we've we put up uh, you know what 30, 38 points in each of those games. Um, and well, we you know going into that, what we had five games of twenty one or less. So you know something has clicked, and hopefully it just continues to click. Uh, maybe it just took a while. You know, new coordinator, offensive line has gelled a little. You know, we're looking more like the offense we thought we'd see all year where we're moving the ball, we're, we're punching it in in the red zone, uh, you know, we're doing the things that you want to see, and I'm expecting that to continue this week at least. And hopefully it will continue on the road after that, but this week it should. So, Matt, right now, your gut feeling, who wins the Pac-12 South? USC. That's what I think, too. Uh, I think USC will beat Cal and beat UCLA, and I don't think anybody. I, I think Utah will drop a game, maybe both, um, and I think we'll drop a game, and and then so that you know USC would have head to head on on Arizona already. Um, so even if Arizona does, I think Arizona will lose to Washington State, um, and so I yeah, I, I pick USC at this point. Me too, but we'll find out. They, they got the easiest road. I mean, you know, Cal and UCLA are certainly teams that look beatable, even though USC isn't a great team by any means. Yeah. Look, it's not your traditional USC. But it's not. No, I mean, they, they, could, uh, they could easily, you know, be in the Pac-12 title game and, and fire Clay Helton two days later. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what happened in that McNeese State game. Yeah. Um, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. Enjoy Bobby effing Hurley. And Mrs. Story, if you made it to here, thank you. <laughs>
there's the, no chance she did, but <laughs> but you know, yeah, hopefully she did. This is the Benny Mad Sportscast.